turn this on. All right. Good evening. <laughs> it's so quiet in here. It's like, remember last time I said it's too quiet? Come on, you got to be a little loud. Come on. There you go. Thank you. I like it loud. Makes me nervous when it's too quiet because you're like, you might actually hear some of the squirrels in my head or something. I don't know. So, you guys have already touched upon uh, a few things. Before we get started, uh, will you guys pray for me? And then I'll pray for you guys. Thank you, Lord. Father God, we do thank you again for tonight. We're off to a great start with the worship and everything going on, Lord God, with the communion, things like that, God. So we just thank you. We're excited about what's coming this year. Um, Just thank you again, Lord. I pray that you speak through me and just pray that the words will fall on soft hearts. So we just thank you again, Jesus, in your mighty name. Amen. So Happy New Year, y'all. It's a new year, right? A new year. It's not happy old year, okay? It's a new year. Old, new, right? So that's kind of going to be the theme as we're kind of going through this. The old, 2020 is gone, right? And you can see, kind of looking in a rearview mirror, new year, new focus. So reminds me of sometimes like when I get hay fever and things, you know, my eyes start watering and it's like looking through an aquarium sometimes with these glasses on. But that being said, 2020 is gone. We're ready for something new, right? Now, just because the calendar changed doesn't mean that all of our problems and things are going to stop and things are going to start. I wish, I wish it were like that, but it's not. So we have to prepare ourselves, right? We have to stay focused. Remember the 2020 theme was 2020 vision. Stay focused, right? You guys remember that in the beginning when we first started? We were all 2020 and then the pandemic hit. And we're like, now what? We're trying to stay focused. We got all this stuff going on. What are we going to do? But we did stay focused. We kept our eyes on Jesus the whole time because we kept getting all this negative coming at us. We kept our eye on God. God, you lead us. God did some amazing things last year in all of our lives, right? Everybody could probably think of at least one good thing that happened to him, right? At least one good thing. And I'd like to think your minimum is you're closer to God now than you were a year ago. And I know for a lot of people that... I know you are for a fact because you've been coming to groups and things like that. You've been reading the Bible for the first time and you're discovering all these really cool things. So I know God is working. We built this church right in the middle of a pandemic. We had no idea in February when we were getting ready to move what was about to happen to us. We'd already started looking. And then when it hit, we're like, okay, God, we're taking a leap of faith. We're going to do this because you've opened the door to do it. We're going to do it. And look what he did. We could have easily wimped out and stay where we were. That would have been the easy way. And we'd probably be just fine. But the building needed a whole lot. We're in a new building. We're in a new community. And now we're slowly getting rooted here in this community, which is good. We had a gala back in May, back when the pandemic, everybody was freaking out. We threw a party. (laughs) We had a gala, right? And we had great uh, sponsors that helped us during that time. They hadn't given up. When, When things were bad, they're like, go, 
go do what you got to do. We want to support you. We had all kinds of support, and we still do, which is amazing because they believe in the cause. They believe what Jesus is doing. We got our bus back, got the bus fixed. So now it's about ready to get back on the road. Hallelujah. That's going to be fun. I know we've been talking about it weeks and weeks and weeks, but the time is getting closer, and it's going to be fun to go out on the streets again and just show the love of Christ. A lot of times all you have to do is show people. That's all you have to do. Share your story a little bit. Show them. Maybe have a little meal with them. Just enjoy them. Enjoy them where they're at. We've seen several new believers too last year. Amen. That's an that's a amen. Hallelujah there. Spiritual growth. I mentioned that already. We've seen a lot of that. Myself and, and others in this room. They, they really take a big step of moving forward. So now, which is good because you should have a little more faith that you made it through the pandemic. And all that stuff that was going on, when all the naysayers and the election and all this doomsday stuff was going on, God's still on the throne. He's still in control. Sometimes, when early part of 2020, we had no idea that anything, any this pandemic was coming, but we did it anyway. And it's the same now as we stand here today. We don't know what's coming. God knows. But if we keep our eye on Him, we're going to be, we're going to be fine. So let's go to. Uh, one of my favorites is uh, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Everybody knows this one, but I like this one. It says, For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good, not for disaster, but give you future and give you hope. So if you keep your eyes on Lord, you're going to have the hope. Even in desperate times when things burn down or you lose your job or you get sick or whatever, God is still in control. You lean on him for his strength to get you through it. Amen? Amen. Now, I don't want anybody to get tested or anything where they have to, but be prepared because we know the storms of life come. You hear us say it all the time. They do. We don't know what the storms are going to look like, but we have to be prepared. And I know for a fact, if you have a little bit of spiritual equity in your bank, reading the word, coming to church, being in your groups, when the storm comes, you can, you can withstand it. You're not going to be like the house that's built on the sand that's going to crumble when the first thing comes. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? You're going to know that God is in control. You're not going to like it by any means. And he's got a plan, and sometimes it makes absolutely no sense to us, but all we have to do is hang on. If all you can do sometimes when your circumstances are so bad is just hold on, just hang on. It will pass eventually. Keep your faith in God and just hang on. So God's got a plan for us, right? And it's kind of up to us to figure out what it is sometimes because you're like, okay, he's got a plan for me. I'm just going to sit in my chair and just sit here and wonder what it is. Tell me the plan, God. What's your plan, God? And I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to sit here every day until you tell me. It doesn't work that way. He wants you to get moving in some sort. He wants you to keep reading. He wants you to go to groups. That's how those doors start to open up, right? And doors close too, and that's okay because that's all part of the journey. Things are going good in certain areas, and all of a sudden it may close. It might just be for a season, because everything's for a season. But the main thing is we keep moving. We keep moving. We get tripped up, we fall down, we get back up. We take a break, we fall off and sin for a little bit, we get up, we dust ourselves off, we repent, and we get back in the herd. Let's go. We're all moving across this thing. We're all in this together. Paul says we press on, we move ahead. We have a new year and a new focus. 
So during the holidays, how have you guys been with your readings and things like that? Everybody slip a little bit? Some people have been strong. Some people slip just because of all the hype. It's easy to just kind of put it on cruise control, right? Anybody ever do that? Been on cruise control? That's okay for a time. But now it's time to get back. Party's over. Let's get back to business. Keep your eye on Jesus. So where was I heading here? So we want a new new year, right? We don't want the same old year. We don't want 2020 dragging all of its old stuff into the new stuff, right? We got a new year. A new way. Let's, let's do this thing. So we have to ask ourselves, what do I need to change? What do I need to do? Maybe I'm in a rut. I don't even know it. What is it that I need to change? What do I need more of? What do I need less of? Do I need more praying time? Do I need more worship time? Do I need more fellowship time? What do I need less of? Basically anything that distracts you. (laughs) That's kind of a blanket statement, but anything that distracts you from the Word of God and being with God's people is a distraction. Now it's fun to visit, but like I said, you have to get back on track. What do I need to do to change? I want to change too. God's always changing us. He's molding us all the time if we let him. Otherwise, you're going to be the same bump on the log week after week, day after day. Scripture tells us to gain knowledge, gain wisdom, grow, and then share what you've learned. So if we look back at last year, we probably see some things already if we start thinking about it on what you do need to change. Because being a business, you know, it's at the end of the year. We're always trying to think of, of different ways. What can we change? What can we do to make it better? And we do the same thing with church. Looking for new ideas, what can we change to make it better? You don't want to do the same old, same old all the time. It's fun for a while, but, you know, you've got to keep tweaking it along because God gives us, he opens doors to do different things. So let's go to uh, Ephesians 4.17 real quick. Man, that's a hot mic. Ephesians. Sorry. Here we go. Yeah. My Bible is page 2,695. <laughs> okay. So Ephesians 4.17. This says, Living as children of light. With the Lord's authority, I say this. This is Paul. He says, I live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives them because they have closed their minds and they have hardened their hearts against him. That's the way we used to live before Christ, right? We don't want to go back to that guy. We put off the old, put on the new, right? They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. Guys, we're... If we call ourselves a Christian, we can't be living like this. Kind of like you said, Pete, we're, we're claiming to be one and then we're out here doing all this stuff. That's a big hypocrite. Now, I'm not saying we're all hypocrites to some part. We all know that. The standard is so high, but we have a standard that we're going for. But look at verse 20. It says, but that isn't what you've learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and you have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life 
which is corrupted by lust and deception. Throw off the old. Throw it off. Don't let it bog you down anymore because it will come creeping back. I guarantee it. Because if you're slowing down, watch out. Temptations are going to come. And if you don't have enough spiritual equity, you're going you're gonna to fall to those temptations. I guarantee it. That's why you've got to keep, keep putting it in the bank. And I, I was listening to a story, a uh, lady on the radio this morning, actually. She was talking about people reading the Bible. It was just like, okay, you have a New Year's resolution. Okay. Um, have you read? The, she was just randomly asking people, have you read the Bible cover to cover? Most people said no. Most people, she was asking people, okay, when you started the Bible, how far did you get? Most people didn't even make it through Genesis. It's kind of sad, really. But it's a, lo- it's a lifetime book. So to speed read, it's not going to do you any good either. You probably won't remember half the stuff that you read. It's a lifetime guide for our, our lives as we live. So we have to throw off the old. Right? In some spots it says clo- throw clothe yourself. Let's see here. It says, uh, 23 says, instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Renew your thoughts and attitudes. Meaning change. From the old guy, changed for the new, right? We're putting off the old guy, putting on the new guy, the new nature. By the way, have you guys had any resolutions? New Year's resolutions? Most people don't. And when they do, it's usually over in about a week or two. But they generally say they start today because people spend New Year's Day making them. And then they like, well, I got one more day to do whatever I want, then I'll start fresh on the second. Which I think is funny because you see uh, TV and radio and the news. My mailbox, it was funny because I got, I got the gym memberships. I got the uh, um, fitness equipment's on sale. Try this diet, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just funny how they target you knowing everybody's in that frame of mind right now, two weeks from now, the sales will be over. You'll probably have a $1,000 gym set in your garage. <laughs> You're just going to put your clothes on eventually. It's kind of funny because it's like, some people can make it, I guess, but as a rule, I think a lot of people give up on their resolutions before they even give it a chance. Which, going back to reading the Bible, it can seem like a huge task to read this thing. And it really is. If you're not a reader... It's going to take you a while. But don't give up. If I told you, how would you eat an elephant? There you go. It's like reading the Bible. One little verse at a time. One chapter at a time. One book at a time. But the main thing is when you're reading it, let it speak to you. Take your time. Let, Let the Word speak to you. Let God reveal what He's talking about to you. And if you don't understand, ask somebody. Don't be afraid to ask if you don't understand what the scriptures mean. Because a lot of times we're trying to figure out what context they're written in, who's he talking to, and things like that. You can find a lot of that information in commentaries and things like that. I would, I would suggest that. But the really cool thing, I think, in a lot of Bibles in the margins, the scripture you're reading, and then there's a, to the left or to the right a lot of times, there's scriptures that go with that to kind of help explain it or repeat it in a different book where you might, you might find it in Psalms, now you're going to find it in Ephesians, now you're going to find it over here. And it just, it's like a trail. If you start following the trail, you can just keep going and just follows itself around. It's pretty cool. So we want change. We want new thoughts and new actions. Got to lean on God's strength to help us get it through it. 
because we can only do it for a short time, just like our resolutions. We can only do it a short time on our own. But you guys remember the sermon about the, uh, the steady drip? Randy did with the IV. Were you guys around with that? The steady drip of God's word. And you know, when you read it and you still don't understand it, it's still going in you. It's okay. Keep reading. It's going in you. The word is alive. And there may be a time where you can recall it later. But you may not understand it right away, but keep reading. Just keep going. That's a challenge I have for you guys. Keep reading. Remember last week, Randy's sermon was all about reading, right? Read. Remember. You guys remember that? So we got a new year. We got a new plan. We're not going to try to do the Bible in a year or whatever because those things are kind of like the resolution. Sometimes you get off track, especially when you find something really interesting and you start digging in it. Like if you find a book you like, and you start figuring out where they are on the map, things like that, who's involved, who's the king, and stuff like that, and you start following it around, you kind of get off track. So it's just easier, just read it for yourself. Or even following along as we're doing sermons, try to figure out where we're at and read, read ahead. Okay, so where was I? Renew your thoughts and attitudes. We want to change. So we put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. When you put off the old, let's say you're trying to stop doing a certain thing. And you see that certain thing, no matter what it is. And you're like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I like it, but I'm not going to do it because I've made a pact. I'm not going to do it. Well, if you're not going to do it, you have to backfill it with something else. If this is the bad, you better have something good to take its spot. So you put off the old and you put on the new, right? You cannot just stop because it creates a void. It's like when you first get saved, you go through that time, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm trying to, um, I'm going through the behavior modification. I'm stopping cussing or I'm stopping doing this and I'm stopping doing that. Now what? Life's boring. Well, that's when you backfill it with God's word or you start coming to church or you start going to groups. You kind of get to know people. You get involved in and, and uh, something that's going on around here or, or with some of the people. That's how you backfill it. Because if you don't, you're probably going to fail eventually because there's nothing to sustain it with. So you have to backfill it. And you also have to keep in mind, we want these changes, these resolutions and things like that. We have to remember that we have an adversary that absolutely hates us and wants to keep us off track. That's his job. He's going to throw those little bombs in your head. You're no good. Everything else. Because if you're going for perfection, whether you, first time you slip up, you're going to quit because you couldn't do it. If that's your goal is perfection immediately, you're going to fail. He's going to tell you, what a loser. I told you you couldn't do it. Forget about it. Okay, I'm done. It's the same way with the one and done thing too. You tried it. I failed. Now I'm done. You try it, you fail, you're done. You try it, you fail, you're done. You keep going, you get back up. It's the same thing in recovery. When you fall down, you get back up. That's why you hear us say a lot of times, if you're going to fall, fall forward, because it's easier to get back up than falling backwards. This is how it is. And the funny thing in recovery, and we've learned over the years of doing it, you're not going to turn around on a dime. There's only one one Saul to Paul that I know of that's in the Bible. I have never seen anybody make a complete turn and just go full blast, never looking back. I've never seen it happen. Not saying it couldn't, but it's a process. 
And we can't give up on ourselves when it, we stumble. We're going to stumble. Unfortunately, but that's why we have a giant family that we have. We can help each other. We can encourage each other. That's what I like about the groups because we, we're constantly encourage one another. And a lot of times we share something that might have happened in my life might help you and vice versa. That's how it works. You share, right? You know that you're not alone out there doing it yourself. You know, they say it takes 21 to 30 days to become a habit. So if you're going to make a change, you're going to have to keep doing it repetitively. So if you, so if you miss a day, you know, and don't even set your goals so high they're, they're insane. I'm going to read the whole Bible in a week. No, you're not. I'll tell you right now, you're not going to. Right. If you could, you wouldn't remember any of it anyway. So set, set goals for yourself to move along. God wants us to set goals. We know he's in charge and he's got a plan for us. We also have to plan along the way. Right? Let's go to Colossians, uh, Colossians 3. So again, remember, we're putting off the old guy and we're putting on the new nature, right? So Colossians uh, 3.5 says, So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. That's a hard one for a lot of us. There's all kinds of evil desires that our brain thinks up and stuff like that. But, like I said earlier, if you have spiritual equity, you can fight these temptations when they come. If you don't, you're probably going to succumb to the temptation. And if you do, repent and get going again. Not that we want to abuse God's grace. We want to try. You hear us, guy? I think God honors at least try. He knows, he knows we can't be perfect. He knows that. But he wants us to lean on him, to trust him, to get us through it. Right? Okay, so it says, Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Now, you know, in the Old Testament, they made idols out of everything, metal, gold, whatever they could find, wood, and they would worship these idols. But idols today look a little different. It could be your family. It could be your house. It could be a sports team. see that all the time. It could be the soccer that your kid's in or the hockey your kids play or whatever. People get off track. And it's okay to do these things. Just don't make them an idol. Don't let them run your life. Your boat at the lake or whatever. There's nothing wrong with having a boat at the lake. Just don't be there every weekend. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't worship those things. Those are idols God's talking about. Don't worship those things. Listen to verse 5, gets, or uh, verse 6 here. It says, because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. Woo, so if you're stuck there, that's final judgment. And we're going to have to make a case for our actions. We're responsible for our actions, right? Everything comes at a consequence. That's what I love about free will. God never made us robots. He gave us an opportunity to do whatever you want to do. Go ahead and do it. However, it comes at a consequence. And you get what you get for what you did, right? So now if you're trying to live a Christian life, you're probably going to be blessed. You're probably going to not have some of those bad things happen to you. you obviously, you're not going to put yourself in, in harm's way doing really stupid things anymore. You know better, right? 
So we have to make an account for basically our dumb actions. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. That's how we used to act. We do crazy things just, just because. But now that we know Jesus, we're trying to work this thing out. It's like, how many of you guys pray before you make a big decision? I would recommend everybody do. Let God speak to you if you're going to, whatever it may be, just switching jobs or buying a new house or whatever it may be, let God help you in your decision. Don't just rationally do it because sometimes you get what you get when you do that too. You might get taken advantage of. We've seen a lot of times that people just wait on the Lord and it's actually a better deal because they waited than if they would have taken the one that was in front. That's generally what happened. And I don't know your circumstances, Jamie, but I know there's something better than what you had coming. I totally believe that. And I knew when it burnt down, I was like, God's got something bigger. He's got something better. Got to go through the crap to get there, but it's coming. We know that, right? And we trust God's going to do that. He's not just going to do something like that to you just to punish you. That season might have ended. Something good's coming. Okay, let's see here. Verse 8 says, But now it's time to get rid of the anger, the rage, the malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other. You've been stripped off of your old sinful nature and its wicked ways. Getting rid of the old again, right? The old. These wicked ways, that includes gossip and things like that, or maybe embellishing stories and things like that. Just speak the truth. Speak the truth, whatever it is. It's always better anyway, because then you don't have to remember the lie you created. You know? It's always easier. The truth hurts, but you're like, you know what? I'm just going to tell you the truth, and if you hate me for it, then oh well. But it's the truth. So we're putting off these old wicked ways. Verse 10 says, Put on the new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. So when we give our lives to Jesus and we put on a new nature, we begin the process of being renewed. Right? You're renewed. Does anybody want to stay the old guy? I don't. I don't. I don't think anybody in here wants to be the old guy anymore. But God's got good stuff in mind for all of us. His word says he's got a plan for all of us. Okay, verse 11 says, In the new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. Amen? That's an Amen. Verse 12, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves. Clothe yourselves, okay? Meaning you're getting off the old stuff. Picture it like an old ratty t-shirt or something that you really love. It's so ratty, it's comfortable. You're like, you know what? I love this old shirt. It's not much to look at, but I love it. He's saying, throw that old thing away. I got something new for you, okay? Now when we do that, you know when you put new clothes on, you're like, ah, I don't know if I like this. It doesn't fit right. You buy new pants, or you buy a new shirt or whatever, and you're kind of like, eh, I don't know if I like it. But you wear it a couple times, you're like, doggone, it's starting to fit pretty good. I almost gave up on it because I didn't like it. It's the same way with Christ. It feels funny at first. 
And you don't know what to do at first. Give it time. Just give it time. Okay, so we clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy. Clothe yourself with kindness. Clothe yourself with humility, gentleness, and patience. If we're doing all this stuff, if we're putting off the old guy and we're clothing ourselves with all these things, we're going to change. There's no possible way you cannot. You can't do both. You can't be the old guy and the new guy at the same time. It's either one or the other. So if you're putting off the old and putting on the new, you're going to change. Amen? So look at 13. It says, make allowances for each other's faults. Uh-oh. Come on, man. That might be a come on, man, all by itself. <laughs> what? We'll read even further. It says, and forgive anyone who offends you. <sighs> now it's getting hard. Remember. Yeah, come on, man. Remember. The Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. That's really hard to do. Sometimes, especially when the situations are so lopsided, you don't want to forgive that person. But you know what? When you forgive them, it frees you. So now if they still want to be a butthead about it, then let them. It's on them. You've cleaned up your side of the street. That's all you can do. It's all you can do, right? So now we're, re we're free from that. We don't have to drag it around and worry about it anymore. It's like, I forgive you. Whatever the problem was, it's going to be okay. So we must forgive others. I should have done a word search in here to see how many times forgive others is in here because it's in a bunch. It's in a lot of the books. So, 14 says, Above all, clothe yourselves. Here we go, putting on, putting on the new shirt again. Clothe mm -hmm. yourselves with love. This binds us all together in perfect harmony. So if we're doing this stuff, it's easier to get along with somebody you don't know. It's easier to accept that person for who they are that you don't know. You know, that's what I like about our church because we all came out of the, most of us anyway, came out of the party background. So it was easy to make friends when you're partying all the time, right? Hey, man, we have something in common. Well, we also have something in common now is Christ, right? So now when the new person comes in, we go through that feel-out period, which is okay. But we accept them. Just like we were accepted when we first showed up. So we share the love to everybody. You know, doesn't matter. That's hard sometimes, right? So close yourself with love, which binds all things together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. I looked up, uh, and the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. Paul was writing like um, the, the um, commentary was talking about like a referee would rule. It was like, let him in. It's official. Let it rule in your hearts. Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. Always be thankful. There's always, always, always something to be thankful for. Always. God is so good to us all the time when we definitely do not deserve it. But he's got our backs, guys. And be grateful. Be grateful for what you have. We live in a country, even though it's jacked up, it's still one of the best countries in the world. We've had it so good here for so long, the first thing that's out of line, we start going, hey man, we've had it so good, we don't know what bad is, even during the, this pandemic, it's still good. 
We're still making money. We're still living. We can still go buy stuff. Toilet paper is hard to find. <laughs> Actually, it's restocked now, I guess, but <laughs> I don't know what started that whole craze, but that's, that's crazy. But, you know, if we could prepare for something like that, how could people have a hard time preparing for God coming back? We're supposed to prepare ourselves and our lives for his return. I'm excited about his return. And I'm always wondering, it was like, is it going to be at night when I'm sleeping? Or is it going to be in the middle of the day? Or I'm always wondering. And if, if we may not see it, then again, we might. But we always have to be ready. Always. I think he's, obviously, he's going to be here faster than the pandemic sneaked up on us. Nobody saw that coming. That took a week or two and it shut the whole world down. I never thought it was possible to stop the world, and it did. So I think that was a precursor to, like, when God comes, it's going to be just like that. So we better be ready. Better be ready. We put off the old guy. We got the new on now. So when he does come, we'll find favor, right? We don't want to be out there being the old guy and he show up. We don't want that. Nobody wants that. We don't want the judgment or the wrath that's coming if you're going to act like that. So put, on the, put off the old, put on the new. Okay. You guys still with me? Let's go to Matthew, Matthew 6, 33. It's one of my favorites, too. This one gets quoted quite often. Because it's good. <laughs> Let me get to it here. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I had it marked, but evidently I don't. Here we go. All right. This is one of my favorites. You guys all know this. We hear say it a lot. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything that you need. Seek the kingdom and its righteousness first. You know, we get so busy making our own plans on what we do. You know, a lot of people plan more for their vacation or their retirement than they do eternity. Think about that. People are worried about their 401s all the time and they're planning, they're putting more money in it and they're planning and they're planning and they're planning and they're planning. I had an uncle of mine, God rest his soul, he was a Christian guy, worked his tail off, worked at Chrysler, 30-something years, couldn't wait to retire. Retired, moved back to the old, where he grew up, he was all excited, finally got to do what he wanted to do. Got cancer and died about a year later. But he was ready. He was ready, though. He knew God. He was a Christian. He was a good man of God. He was prepared. And as heartbreaking as that was, at least we knew he was prepared. He wasn't doing all of his retirement for himself. You know, he shared the love of Christ with people as he went. He was a really cool guy. Kind of got robbed because he died younger, but at least he was prepared. So be prepared. Put him first. When you put God first, Everything else will fall into place. Now, however that looks, I don't know. But he's got a way of doing it. I've seen it happen in my life several times. I've seen it on job sites, just going, I don't know how in the world the two of us got all this done in this short amount of time. I know, especially us two, right? Especially Randy on video all day long. <laughs> I could do that. He's not here. <laughs> right? But I've seen him bless our hands for, for putting him first. 
Because we always, even like we get to a certain point on the job, if we have to be here, we come here. Forget about it. Forget the job. The job will always be there. You know, and pe- a lot of times people give us trouble because we leave early. But we got group. We got radio. We put that first. You know where we're going to be on a Wednesday night, and you know where we're going to be on a Saturday night. It's a guarantee. We've put it first. And God takes care of all the, the back time. He back bills everything. And I guarantee if you put it first, it will work. Guarantee it. All right, so. You know, we're in a new season. And I'd like to encourage you guys to spend more time with God this year. Make it a priority. Make it however that is. If it's praying, if you're a prayer warrior, or if you're reading more, or if you're listening to the podcast. Anybody have drives to work? Listen to Christian radio or podcast or whatever. Get your God time. You know, you got to have your God time because if you don't, it's going to be backfilled with the worldly stuff. You're going to be running here, you're going to be running there, running here, running here, and another day is going to go by. Guarantee it. I do it all the time myself, and I'm still, if I'm not trying to put him first, I'll skip a day accidentally. It's like, man, the whole day got by me. But I try not to do that. We keep our new focus on Christ. Refocus. You guys with me? Refocus. We're putting off the old guy, putting on the new guy. So go to Matthew 22 real quick. 22.36. So if we do one thing this year, we want to strengthen our walk with Christ, right? Okay, 22.36 says... Okay, 22, 36. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law of all these demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So if we're putting off the old and we're putting on the new nature guy, we're going to love God because he's working in our lives. He gives us that everyday hope when our struggles look like, I don't know what we're going to do, God, but I'm counting on you to pull me through this. I'm trusting you got this. If I'm honest, sometimes... My trust wavers because sometimes the answers take forever. <laughs> and I have to convince myself, okay, he's got this. I know he's got this. I know he's got this. I just keep waiting and waiting and waiting. But love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Because if you love God, then you're going to love people. That's what we're required to do. Love God and love people. It gets easier to love people, to love the unlovables. When you're loving God, it just rubs off. Remember we talked about being splashy for Christ, what he's done for you? Splash onto somebody else. So it's New Year, guys. Let's make the best of it. Amen? Amen. That's about all I got for tonight. That's all.